And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. She's Kelsey Russo. Andrew Schlecht is producing, and we're going to dive into the Cleveland Cavs, which uh, is the team that just had a massive facelift. And welcome, first and foremost, to the Labor Day Trade Club. I joined it a few years ago when Kyrie Irving got traded to Boston. You joined it now with Donovan Mitchell getting traded to Cleveland for everything. Uh, and it's always fun when you're supposed to be enjoying one of those last few weeks before the season and everything gets blown up in your face. Oh, yeah, it was a it was a good time. At least it was Thursday and not, you know, uh, Friday afternoon, like a, a solid classic Friday news dump. <laughs> did, did you were you caught off guard by this, considering that it never seemed like Cleveland was towards the front of the race? Even the Knicks thought that they were comfortably in the driver's seat and there were the reports coming out just before the trade got done that they were pretty much backing away from it. I was kind of shocked um, when it when it dropped, um, you know, like I just I, I didn't necessarily realize how far into it the Cavs were, you know, and, and kind of that they stuck around uh, more. So, I mean, the move itself doesn't necessarily surprise me in a sense of that. Basically, the Cavs had like two routes they could have gone this summer of like kind of like running it back with the squad and bringing like Ricky Rubio back and allowing for, you know, like their internal development. But they could have gone this other route. Um, And, you know, Kobe Altman has made trades um, in his tenure and and kind of just kind of come out of the blue to make moves. And, And so this sort of fits that timeline. And he saw an opportunity um, to make them better and take that jump. And so like in itself, it doesn't surprise me, but I was when it first happened a little, uh, little shocked by it. Yeah. I think I texted WTF, uh, with the, with the full spelling to a yeah. few different sources when that came down. <laughs> Cause exactly. it, I mean, that's, what's funny is like when, when Woj or Shams break something, you know, most of the time, if you see something you can't believe, you're like, that can't be real. But then when it's coming from those guys, you're like, oh my God, this really happens. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right, here we go. And like, you know, you hear rumblings and things, but you want to actually finally happens. You're like, oh, all right. Well, that was more serious than you maybe originally thought or or something along those lines. Yeah. All right. Well, you're our Cavs beat writer at The Athletic, so I know you get to jump into action. The first thing you did was just a pretty holistic uh, overview of all the implications here. But a piece we have coming out on Friday on The Athletic that I'm really excited to read and we want to give people a little preview here of your thoughts is – how does adding Donovan Mitchell affect Cleveland's defense? Because Cleveland's hallmark last season was they had a top five defense pretty much the entire year before Jared Allen went down. And that was a shocker because they were playing zone and they had three basically seven footers out there, one of whom was a rookie. So can you explain to us how their defense works and how the trade implicates that? Yeah, this is honestly what I'm super curious about. And I think a lot of Cavs fans were 
when the trade broke were, were that was their first thought of like wait this you know this three big lineup is now you know no longer and so what do we look like um and i think there's still a lot of potential there because obviously we saw how successful um evan was in his rookie season you know the, just the way that he he's so versatile in the way that he can just move defensively and then Jarrett as a rim protector and the two of them, how they crowded the paint. And so I just think there's a way that they can still use that. Um, and they take up space. They use their length really well. Um, but obviously now that small forward position is going to be a little bit, um, dependent, I guess, like in that six, their success on the defensive end is going to depend on that small forward spot. And, who they use there and um, how they are able to, to guard on the wing, because the thing with Lowry is, you know, yes, they moved him to that spot because that was their best option at the, at the three, but he figured out how to use his length to guard smaller guys on the perimeter and, and found success there. And then when guys did get past him, you know, like then you had two more seven footers that could, that could stop them. So um, I'm kind of curious to see how it kind of plays out. You have options, obviously, um, with Isaac Okoro, who that who started his rookie year at small forward, and you know they 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 relied on his defense more so than his offense. So you do have that potential there. You have guys, honestly, like you know Lamar Stevens, Dean Wade, who can sort of maybe compete for that spot, and Dean Wade can sort of that would be a similar big lineup um, because he is six, nine um, and he did play some small forward last year. Um, so there are some options that, that they do have that then guys that do have a really good defensive background um, and that have shown that they can, they can be successful in the defensive end that they can use, but they are going to look different, especially too, because now you have two smaller guards in your backcourt, you know, cause Mitchell and, um, Darius are both six one and, you know, Donovan's not known for his defense. So you have to sort of, um, mitigate that in a sense with how Jarrett and Evan play and, and, you know, take up space in the paint and, um, you know, and take care. Yeah. Take care of the basketball. So I'm just, it'll be interesting. I'm curious. I, I did I hear Karis Levert's name in that list? So no, because I don't, I, I'm not sure. I'm curious to see if he can play at the three at the same level. I mean, like he, he has his defense is better, but can you play him next to Mitchell? Like, and I don't know. I'm curious. It's a, yeah, you're, you're leaving a lot out there. Cause I remember hitting yeah. you cause I was writing in the aftermath about how their starting lineup would look and was making the point, like how young their core is with Isaac Okoro. And you, you were giving me some shit about the idea that they would just <laughs> immediately throw Isaac Okoro into the starting lineup. I mean, what, what's, I guess, the holdback from him being a starter? And I guess, how, how do you balance evaluating him? Because he's clearly, if you put him on somebody, he is amazing at staying in front of that guy and impacting that guy. But there's a lot more to it, especially if they do want to go back to playing that zone again. 100%. I think because last year, you know, a lot of it was, um, they wanted to figure out where Isaac was comfortable and what they kind of realized was that's more so at the two guard spot necessarily than at the three. Um, and he, you know, he kind of played both last year, but then when they went with this big lineup, he kind of, he got pushed the two. And then when Colin went down, he played the rest of the season at the two. Um, and so, and they, they sort of have been trying to figure out where he fits comfortably and, and where he feels like where he just, where he works and, you know, since they drafted him, they've always talked about his defense. Like 
He is, they drafted him because of his defense. He is that, um, he can just go out and guard anyone. And they, they trust that they trust him with that. Um, but at the end of last season, the Cavs talked about really wanting to unlock him offensively, feeling that there was a lot more potential there and that they could get more out of him on the offensive end. Because like last year, you know, he would sit in the corners um, and hit threes, but because nobody was guarding him um, or, you know, they were, they were backing off. And and so there wasn't this, uh, or he would, he would, he could cut to the basket and get out in transition, but they wanted to figure out just how to get more offense out of him because they didn't have, you know, somebody like uh, Mitchell, they didn't have Colin at the time, you know, like they were, they were looking for that scoring um, punch. And so now, um, I mean, I, I do, I do really think I've, as I have thought about it some more, you know, in, in kind of the, the, the moments after the trade, your brain's going in a billion directions, but I think kind of, as I've thought about it more of Isaac could be a really good fit there. Um, if they really just need someone, um, defensively and and kind of you know have him go back to that role um where his offense isn't his main you know focus right now and it's more so just like guarding the best you know being on the wing guarding and just kind of living in that space to help you know kind of cover up uh donovan and and in the backcourt so i think there is there is a solid potential there looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, so do you expect Mobley to improve enough defensively, Okoro to improve enough defensively that even shifting... And and let's remember now, it wasn't like Laurie Markin was some sort of all-world defender. They just found a scheme that worked for them where they would have the big spreading down on the baseline. Evan Mobley would float back and forth between all the way up at the three-point line and into the middle of the paint. Mobley is really what made that thing work. So considering all this, do you see their defense staying at the same plane that it's already on now? I think it's going to kind of just depend. I think they're going to have to really see, um, you know, during training camp, like how these guys all fit next to one another and, and 
and they play off one another and, and sort of, and kind of just get a feel for what, what it looks like, because I think that's, you know, that's how they came up with the big lineup last year was trying to figure out, you know, an option at small forward and, um, how to get guys minutes and and what worked. And so I think part of that is going to happen again in training camp. Um, I think there's obviously going to be some similarities because you have Jared and Evan still out there, the way that they play in the front court together. Um, I don't think that's going to change necessarily. I just think like there's obviously going to be a little bit of difference because you don't have another seven footer out there. Um, You might not be able to play the same like, amount of zone that they played last year because you don't have that um that size but um so i would expect some change but there could be some similarities okay so when you were watching this team last year what did you feel like they needed offensively what was the thing that you saw that was either the shortcoming or just the next step for them to take and how does mitchell fit into that besides that obviously is pretty damn good right i mean they really needed a score. And like, I know that sounds kind of simple, but like that's who Colin was when he was on the team If he could just go get a bucket. And yes, like there were other, you know, defensive concerns with him, but he could go get a bucket and that would keep Cavs in games. And last season, you know, like Darius's um, like shooting percentages and his like scoring, like you, I forget he was um, averaging um, like, I don't know, a lot of points in the maybe like <laughs> I can't exactly remember off the top of my head, but Accurate number. like uh <laughs> but like he he had this uptick in scoring as well because really the Cavs didn't have somebody who could go necessarily score at that same level that Colin could, and they were struggling offensively. And and then as they dealt with injuries even more so, they didn't have that kind of that punch. So I really think like that's where Donovan fits into this is he is that score like and you know obviously he's a really solid pick and roll score that they can use and I just think like that's kind of what they needed at that two guard spot was just somebody who can go um and get a bucket or you know go and 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 find a shot and kind of keep them out there offensively well uh Donovan Mitchell he can go get a bucket Kelsey Russo she can go write a story so be sure to read her on the athletic Andrew Select is the one that made us sound good. I'm Jared Weiss. This is the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. We'll see you next time. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.